this heaven? No. It's Iowa. I've been waiting for you, Eric. Ooh, your mother sucks cocks in hell. I can't, I can't do this by myself. I need to bring him back up. Oh, Kevin. yes, good. I want both of you to fuck me. Come on. Slap, slap him, Kevin. <laughs> Who's Kevin? <laughs> Who I've been waiting for you. I'm Kevin. The power of pod compels you. We're talking the exorcist on the pod of dreams. this come from? I found it. Well, let's both play. You really don't want me to play? Captain Howdy said no. Who's Captain Howdy? You're gonna die up there. I need reassignment. You're the best we've got. I think I've lost my faith. Is there someone inside you? Sometimes. Who is it? I don't know. Is it Captain Howdy? Uh, you ever heard of exorcism? How do you go about getting an exorcism? I beg your pardon? I'm Damien Carroll. I'd like to help you. Where's Regan? In here with us. I believe we should begin. Avoid conversations where they're demon. The demon is a liar. He will mix lies with the truth. Why, Demi? To attack us. Do not listen. That thing isn't my daughter. It is he who commands you. The power of Christ compels you. What an excellent day for an exorcism. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening and joining. And uh, it's a beautiful day for an exorcism, right? Uh, we're talking the exorcist. And we have grown because we couldn't handle this ourselves. We brought in some backup. Kevin Chang, our new host on the Pot of Dreams. Kevin, thank you for <laughs> coming hey to cast out the demons. What's up, guys? It's good to be Hello. here. Yeah, so we were in an old pod called uh, Our Old Movies Good, and clearly we answered that question because we wrapped that up in a few short episodes. Definitely not worth listening back on, but that was uh, a part of our podcast history. And now we're talking a brand new movie, just came out <laughs> not 50 old years at all. ago, The Exorcist, uh, William Freakin's horror masterpiece. And, uh, and yeah, so I I picked this because he like just he just died not that long ago, and it was the holiday season, which is the perfect time to talk exorcism, which is when this crazy movie came out apparently day after Christmas, perfect, which is wild to me. And we not long ago had the stupid remake, which I never watched, but uh, I don't know, it was what. Well, and then there wasn't there was a new Exorcist movie that came out. I, I just I, I watched part of it. It was terrible. Uh. Is made by the guy that did the Halloween reboots. Um, Anyways, we're talking the the Great Exorcist. Uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts on on the Exorcist? Oh, I love this movie. It's tremendous. I found it scary. A lot of people probably uh, feel that way too. Um, 
the scenes were very realistic. Um, I assume that's what an exorcism would be like, exactly like. Well, that's what I loved about it is like they're even even the priests they bring are like exorcists aren't a thing. Like it's not we don't do these because I, I I guess I was had in my I've only seen this movie I didn't seen it once before and rewatched it for this. I really hadn't I've only seen it twice I think in my life. And I always had this memory that they were like the expert, the exorcist pros, like they brought in the the A team of exorcism. But it's like they're like we don't. The Catholic Church doesn't do these. These aren't things that happen anymore. Yeah, the I think it's trying to get away real. from it. Yeah. They're like we don't we don't want to be doing this anymore. This is we're trying to get a better rep than right. doing the exorcism. Father Karras makes a joke about it, like you need a time machine, go back to the sixties. Yeah. Um, ben, ben. Yeah, this is the third time thoughts? I've seen the movie, and it's it actually it's. Yeah, well, it's a compliment to how good the movie is because it's changed for me each time I've seen it. So I saw it in like high school, and the parts I cared about were like the edgy, you know, your mother sucks cocks in hell. Like, oh, that's so. But that shit, it, it is shocking. It really, it really kind of is. It is, but it will. It, I'm sure it was shocking in 1973, but it's also shocking because you contrast that to the rest of the movie, which there's not that much of the evil demon saying spooky, awful shit. Hardly there's not at that all. much of it. So yeah. it hits really hard when it comes, for sure. Um, but that's what I cared about when I was in high school. And then I saw it, like, in my 20s. And the, like, Father Karras wrestling with his faith stuff resonated a lot more. Like, oh, this is a guy that kind of wants exorcisms to be real in a perverse way because it means demons real and then I guess God exists. Um, it, it raises all sorts of questions beyond that. Like, why is God letting this demon possess this girl? If God could stop it, that's weird. But... He's also like trying to have it validate his faith, and that 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 like really interested me a lot. But now this is the first time I've seen it since having kids. And oh this yeah, that's at a whole different level. That's what I was say. Like you see what happens to her, and that part is so devastating because for probably the first hour of the movie or whatever it is, it's really just a mom trying to help her daughter who's having something that kind of could be a mental breakdown until the movie you know reveals that it's definitely a demonic possession later on. It's like. You just watch the devastation and her desperation. Like, this is actual quality, like, A-list acting. She's just treating this like a grieving, stressed-out, anxious mom. And you see her slowly just put her daughter through all this awful stuff. And she doubts herself because the experts are like, eh, I guess you can get an exorcism. It doesn't really work, but, like, psychologically it can help. Some sort of placebo effect. Right. And it's... We're, it, it, that that level really resonated, like that in a way it hasn't before. Like that was just like upsetting. What happens to Reagan? Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say for me, it's the guy that wrote the book was wrestling with having a daughter go through puberty, and so, like yeah. this is how he like dealt with it. And that to me, that like having daughters close to that age, that it, that that is what hit me with this movie. It's like it's just a metaphor for a girl going through puberty and how scary that is, and you know making it around this whole exorcist story and demon possession. That's what hit me this time watching it. Um, before we get into it, I, here's a plot question that, that is confusing. Oh, I, I, have, I have several. I have several plot questions. So, so it's really confused. around Father Karras and his mom. And I'm so confused about what happens with him and his mom. Like his mom's at like her apartment. No their idea. Apartment. He takes care of her. Then she ends up in like a home institution. Mental, in a mental yeah. hospital, I think. Yeah. Well, and it's then she, just a free hospital for her. Right. But she's like, she's like, she's uh, secured down to the bed. She's like tied to the bed. And we right? don't, I, yeah, we don't really. Were her arms ever, restrained in the bed? 
Maybe yeah. he's like, I, why are you making me stay here? Why'd you make me stay here? And we didn't see the scene. It was called foreshadowing, by the way. For well, sure. Reagan, I mean, yeah. I, I see wh- how it works. Like, there's a lot. It, it ties into the plot, whatever happens. Like, it sets the the last act up. But I don't. We didn't see his mom go from her apartment to the like free clinic or whatever it is to dying. We we didn't see the dying. We didn't see the transfer. Well, and I didn't also, get why it was his fault. I was so there's confused. This, there's a scene, and I didn't know if it was like him imagining it or what, where he's running after her and she goes into the subway. And yeah, he's it was a like, dream Mom, sequence. Was yeah. that a dream? Okay, yeah, I guess that was a dream. dream. That part was a dream. You can hear him snoring in the background when that was happening. But there was some exposition when his uncle was there at the hospital, and he was saying how she was having medical problems and and she needed more attention and, and if he was uh, a psychiatrist working on Park Avenue or whatever then she would have better services available right. to her and stuff yeah he has guilt about becoming a priest and, and especially since he's like I don't even think I believe in God anymore and so if I don't believe in God what really was the point of becoming a priest I could have been making a bunch of money and my mom could have had much better care but did he take her to the clinic did somebody else find her and bring her yeah, it was there, it was his uh, uncle. Well, and okay. we never see her die. He just we hear from, I think it's the priest friend tells Regan's mom that the that his mom died. So he, we never see that at all in the movie, right? Yeah, you don't just, you don't see her die. You just see the last images of her just being tied up and trying to avoid her her son. She's so mad at him. Yeah, I was confused about that too. The the plot that had me just spin in circles is the little idol thing that Max Max Van Cito finds in the beginning, and how that has anything to do with Regan getting possessed, and like where it went and how it got to the bottom of the stairs. Right. So beginning of the movie, which also I totally forgot. There's like a 15-minute sequence where he's just ex- he's at this excavation site in Iraq, and he finds this little idol, this demon idol, and then he has his vision and sees a larger idol, and then we cut to Regan and they, are they in Boston somewhere? No, well, Georgetown. Yeah, Georgetown. DC. That's right. DC. Yeah, that's right. That's right. She's that's filming right. a movie in DC somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's I don't know if it's him waking. Maybe you're, you have different thoughts on this, Kevin. I don't have a direct answer. I Assume it's an idol for the demon. Pazuzu is the name of the demon that possesses. Never Regan. says it in the movie, though, right? Do they? No, ever it's something I've acquired. No, no I've That's, acquired that knowledge somewhere I, else. I, I, don't I know. have that name too, and I don't know where I got it because I was watching the movie. I was like, when do they say Pazuzu? It, they actually say he's the devil, right? Well, they it's, say he's a demon, but he refers to himself as the devil. Yeah, and there's a whole thing about like a lot of everybody claims to be the devil. You know, whenever crazy people have issues, they're always the devil. They're never like. Hell, middle management. Here. There was no still being hell. Go right? straight to uh, the top. Yeah, go right. straight to the top. CEO. Like, nobody envisions. Oh, I'm just. I'm a you know C minus demon. Um, I I didn't know if he's summoning Pazuzu, or if it signifies that Pazuzu is coming back. I mean, I assume that idol was placed there, you know, in the time of Jesus or something, you know, somewhere Jesus was wandering around, and there's probably some sort of biblical reference, or you could tie it in. I don't really know. I assume but, Father Marin has been doing exorcisms before, and they reference that he did one like 10 years ago in Africa. And I think he's been battling that demon ever right. since, and he's been 
going on excavations and trying to hunt for certain imagery, I guess. Right, but then when the first priest dies, the the cop, you know, he goes up and he checks, he walks up the stairs, he checks the house and, you know, finds out that Reagan was the only one that saw him and there's no way she could have thrown him down the stairs. It was the director that was murdered. Oh, was it the director? Yeah. Yeah, the alcoholic director. Yep. He gets... He gets hit with one of Reagan's art projects. I don't think is it. It's not an artifact. It's something that Reagan made, and I think she throws it out the window as he's walking downstairs. He gets hit in the head and falls down the stairs. What I think happens. But well, then the cop picks it up, and isn't it the isn't it the idol? Isn't it the same thing? It looks that like the idol. Max Van Cito oh. had. I I that's why I was super confused. Oh, I was like, how did the idol get to the bottom of the stairs? Oh. I thought it was like he goes into the house, the inspector guy, and he, he finds it and he walks. He says, this one of Reagan's art projects. And yes, yeah, uh, Ellen Burson is, is like, yeah, that's one of her art projects. Uh, or yeah. So um, he's trying to figure out how the person died. And that was like evidence. And he think he's trying to con- get the mom to confess that it was Reagan's object, that she'd seen it before. And it came from their house. That's what I thought. I don't know. That's at the bottom of the stairs, right? Yeah, out, outside the window where so the guy Re- was killed. So Reagan, so, okay, that actually explains it. So Reagan made the, the idol. She made I, the little clay figure that looked like the same idol that Mox Fancito had. Yeah, I mean, it could be the same one, but then that raises all sorts of questions. It, it wouldn't make sense. But yes, I assume that was just something that Reagan well, made. That would make sense if the, the same demon that comes from whatever this idol possessed Reagan, and then she made that object because she was sure. saying like she was she, when they did the ouija board which was like i thought maybe the creepiest part in the movie um she's she calls it like mr buckles or something like that captain howdy. captain howdy right so she had already been possessed right it's already in her at that point we and think it, sure so that would have led her to make the little figurine that yeah. matched matched did it, it. okay did it make her steal the cookie in the beginning sure did <laughs> yeah, and I, I like that that's hinted at. We it doesn't we don't get too explicit about how she got possessed or why. I like that we don't spend a ton of time. I guess yeah, it's it's hinted at that she summoned him via the Ouija board, but who knows? Um, we don't get a lot of time. But yeah, that object I, I think was just something Reagan made and then threw out the window to kill the guy. But how does his head get spun around? Well, I she assume. uses her strength, her superhuman strength at that point, because she, the cop does say that. His head is spun around. Yeah, demon strength, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, little, little girl demon strength? Sure. Well, I, yeah, I don't know what happens when you get possessed by a demon. I, I you know. Well, you I can spin your head around and not get injured, I guess. And, yeah, vomit a lot of uh, absurd amounts of pea soup. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some, some stuff that's vague. I mean, I like there's kind of edges of this movie aren't completely well defined. Yeah, um, I like that it's vague, too. Like, it wasn't because she desecrated a gravesite or something or, or you know, fed her mogwai after midnight or something. It was there wasn't any rules that she broke. Yeah. She's just a little girl. And then it starts slowly acting more and more crazy. And you're just like, and then just the way it escalates, like she walks down and she pisses all over the carpet and tells a priest that he's going <laughs> to die. And you're like, uh, she could be just going through something. I don't know. Maybe she wants to be an edgy twelve-year-old. I, you know, but then it clearly just gets more and more intense. And- well, see, and that's that's a weird thing too, because maybe it's I maybe I saw it on YouTube, but isn't there a scene where she walks like upside down? That's a director's cut deleted. See the spider walk okay. sequence. Yeah, that was not in the yeah, theatrical down the, cut. Down the stairs. Okay. 
Yep, that was. I was, I was like, wait, where's the, when's that happening? And I, I must have saw it on YouTube because I don't think I've seen the director's cut. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, probably not. Um, but it's one of those ones that was like, I guess, too extreme for 1973 audiences and did, didn't make the cut. And has since been released in other versions and then copied by thousands of horror movies. Well, and forever. the other thing, what was the Leslie Nielsen movie where where he plays like oh, a some sort of priest? possession? Yeah, and yeah. he's make, it's basically a, a riff on The Exorcist. That like I've seen that movie more, and I have <laughs> memories of that. It's like, wait, when does he start making fun of her? Yeah, no, I think this is like probably the greatest horror movie ever. Oh wow, okay. No. Oh, maybe I, I I this is an example to me of old movies. I mean, and there are new movies that are like this too, but it's it's a movie that takes its time in a way most modern horror movies don't take their time. I mean, it really builds it up slowly and it we're going to make a real proper movie with some horror stuff thrown in but it's really going to be too there's just too emotional course it's just a, a a pastor a priest wrestling with his like fading faith and a mom dealing with this intense grief and misery of of her daughter trying to help her daughter and not being able to help her daughter and they coalesce really nicely in the end um but it, it, there's just so much real acting and writing that's gone into everything that happens and there's just scenes of characters talking and we don't have lots of jump scares. We're not like waiting for stuff around the corner. We're not, Oh, we got to get everybody freaked out every five seconds and screaming and hollering. It's like, we're going to just really let the plot simmer and we're going to slowly bring it up to a boil towards the very end. And it works so well. The pacing is immaculate. The Ouija board. And then where she's in the attic with her, the candle, like those are like the first two, like, Oh, those are creepy scenes for the first maybe hour of the movie, but yeah. they really stand out because, you know, otherwise it's this sort of family drama about it, basically about a kid getting sick, you know, cause yeah. she's going through all the steps, like taking her to the hospital, getting all these exams, which boy, they had some w- weird medicine in the seventies. Holy shit. Like some rusty ass machines. And like, it's just, I mean, it's, it was wild to see, like that's how they treated uh, mental illnesses back then. Yeah. I mean, it's not real. Next up was probably a lobotomy. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, it's brutal. Um, everything she has to go through, which is, you know, almost as bad as the other stuff. You know, I mean, those... And even in the Ouija board, it's, it's like creepy, but it's not a jump scare. And it's not even trying to be overly. It's like nonchalant. She drops a Mr. Howdy, you know, and, and the, just it's just like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then... Well, then yeah, it moves. There's, it just moves really quick. Like, right before the scene cuts, the thing skips, and she's like, wait, why'd you do that? The mom does. You, you don't remember that? I don't, but yeah. it's okay. The little pointer moves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that she is a, um, a famous actress, too, because she's, yeah. like, so in control. She's the boss. She's, like, telling people what to right. do. She has servants, and then you can see her slowly decline throughout the movie. And I, I think that, that gave a lot of space for her performance to go. Ellen Burson's perfect in this. It's it's like one of those I like, can't imagine anybody else in the role. She's just well. To that point, the movie wouldn't work without Linda Blair, though. Like you oh, talk no, about like never... child acting. I don't think there's ever been a child actor that nails any. I mean, and it's not CGI, right? It's not like the computers did all that shit for her. Like yes, right. She, her head didn't actually spin around, but she's acting through all that. That's you know now it, they would just CGI her spitting up all that stuff. Right, no, the, right. the acting is pitch perfect. Max von Sydow as an old, like priest. Okay, 
Works perfectly. How is he that old, by the way? Like, he was in Judge Dredd 20 years later. He's looked that old. I mean, he's not with us anymore, right? But he's he's looked that old for, yeah, that 30. Well, they put some old makeup on him, too, as okay. well. He, he acts he's so doing the old. shaking. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I, on Wikipedia, about just about Linda Blair, really quick. Uh, freaking, apparently you had trouble finding the actor to play this character because it's so like important to the story and was going to like have older girls try to play younger. And then he found her and he had like an interaction with her Wikipedia. It says he he started asking her questions and uh, she told, she, she apparently had read the book already, which is quite wild. The 12 year old who read the book. And she says, it's about a little girl who gets possessed by the devil and does a bunch of bad things. And he freaking asked her what that meant, and she says she pushed a man out of the bedroom and masturbates with a crucifix. <laughs> and, and freaking asked her if she knew what masturbation meant, and she said, yeah, it's like jerking off, and then giggled. And he said, have you ever done that? And she said, sure, haven't you? Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, like he had that conversation with a 12-year-old and then cast her in the movie. It's, I just, that blew my mind. <laughs> That's in Wikipedia? That's on Wikipedia. Oh, wow. yeah. I mean, I, that seems extreme. It could be true. Um, I mean, I, I I don't know how much you've ever heard William Friedkin talk about his movies, but he seems like a kind of asshole-ish kind of guy who would maybe say something like that. So I guess it seems plausible. I hope he wasn't that direct. But, um, I mean, the original book was based off of a a boy. And they, so the well, the boy was a William Peter Blatt, Blatty, Blatty wrote the book, and yeah. he wrote it on an actual exorcism, and it was done by to a boy. Rather than okay. um, a girl, but I mean, I heard the same. Like he asked her about masturbation. Um, but I, so this is an aside. I don't know. Did you ever hear what William Friedkin said before he died about how they were remaking The Exorcist? Did you hear what he said to, no. to some guy? He said, "Ed, the guy who made these new Halloweens is about to make one to my movie, The Exorcist. That's right. My signature film is about to be extended by the man who made Pineapple Express. I don't want to be around when that happens." But if there's a spirit world and I come back, I plan to possess David Gordon Green and make his life a living hell. Oh, which is just fantastic. That's well, the kind and, of guy. So, and that he did die, like, right before the well, movie yeah, he, came he, out? Knew, he knew death was coming, yeah. He, yeah. he knew he wouldn't be around. Uh, but I like that he's like, I'm going to make this guy's life a living hell. So, I mean, he seems like a, a hard ass who would probably ask inappropriate questions about how, however old Linda Blair was. I don't know, was Linda Blair 12? Blair 12 I think when so. This, when this was shot? Yeah, like and he had a shotgun with blanks in it that he would fire when he wanted a a scare response from everybody. Oh, jeez, yeah. Like when a doorbell rings, he would just fire that shotgun <laughs> so everyone stares at the door. What a psycho. Well, this is the guy that made Killer Joe. Um, that makes sense. Are you possessed by a demon? Maybe. Well, here's the thought. Do you guys believe that demonic possess? Like, where where you stand on it? What do you pro? think, my? What do you think, pro, my take pro, on pro possession? Eric, you, you've known me for a while. Do you think uh, demon? Do you think I believe demonic possessions are real? I do not think you do. Oh, you got it. You, you know me well. Kevin, do you think demonic possession is real? No, I do not. Okay, so I Eric, don't. I don't think you can rule it out. I don't think you can rule it out. <laughs> okay, how, how would you? Ex- how, how would you, you rule explain? it out? I feel like you- the doctor that's talking to to Chris now. That's just like you're hysterical. I. I Aaron Rodgers probably, you know, he's a big demonic <laughs> possession guy. People are saying the internet says it's happening. I, wait till those files are released. If I can give anybody advice, it's please listen to Aaron Rodgers. That guy <laughs> knows what he's talking about all the time, for sure. 
No, how, I mean, no. How, how can you explain, like, pure evil acts that humans do? Like, some of the evil, like a mass shooter. Like, how can you fucking explain that? That somebody would do that? demons that did it? Could be. The one, the let, one let's dude, assume I have no explanation. The one, kid, the one kid in Florida that shot up that school said he was possessed by a demon. Okay, do you believe him? No, I no, okay. I think he's just insane. But so that's how can you like, explain? So let's say I can't explain it. All right, let's say I have no explain. It's a big shrug from me. So then, does that make demons more likely to be a plausible explanation? No, I mean, there's nothing plausible about it. I'm just, I'm just saying, you can't rule it out. I, I mean, I, I would say brain chemistry believe, is probably the biggest thing. If you believe thing. in God and believe in the Holy Spirit. Doesn't that stand to reason that there'd be an evil spirit? But okay, so how powerful is God? Is there limits to God's ability? Why are why is God letting a demon possess a twelve year old girl? How is that? I mean, typical. Maybe he's not strong. Free will. He wants to test the faith of Father Karras. Yeah. That 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 that's not morally dubious at all. To have a twelve year old get possessed. She's perfectly to, fine though. At the end of the movie. Yes, not traumatized at all after uh, slamming a crucifix up her vagina. Yes, totally fine. Um, so, so Karis did that on purpose, right? He he purposefully had the demon come into him and then killed himself. Is that what happened? Because that was a little that unclear. That is what happened, yes. Yeah, I think he just gets desperate. He doesn't know what he's doing. He just gets angry and starts punching Reagan. Well, he comes into the room and Father Marin has passed. And that scene is so... Fantastic. Like, yeah. a lesser movie would have had him die on screen. Father Marin would have died on screen, but we don't see it. We just see Father Karras has a little conversation with Alan Burson. He sits there. We get his perspective. He's trying to get himself calm because the demon's got him worked up. The demon knows he feels guilty about his mom's death and is just, like, pushing those buttons. And then he comes in, and it's quiet. It's so quiet. Priest is dead, and there's a little girl well, just sitting there. It's the look there. on Linda Blair's face, so she's got a little smirk, like, yeah, I just fucking killed that guy. And it's, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the acting by this young girl, incredible. That's great. And she's just standing there. We don't even see, we don't see it happen. And she doesn't do anything menacing, really, while he's in the room. But just, you just see him just sitting there, yeah, with a kind of smug look on her face. And even at one point, like, oh, no, what are you going to do now, kind of. And yet, Father Karras just snaps just loses it and just starts beating her up until the demon jumps in him. And yes, with his last act of free will, he jumps out the window and I don't know where the demon goes from here. Um, floats around, waits for another artifact. To, to, green, to green Bay, Wisconsin. Well, yeah, oh, maybe. <laughs> well, the demon got his job done. He, he wanted, he wanted to uh, kill some priests apparently. Yeah. I suppose from his perspective, Hey, I took out two of God's warriors. Uh, that was worth it. And uh, and an alcoholic movie director, I suppose. He <laughs> um, seemed like kind of a dick. Well, um, it seemed like in the beginning of the movie, Reagan was talking about them having uh, a relationship. Like Chris wasn't forthcoming about them having some sort of relationship. It was she was in the bed, and do you remember? Oh, this scene? I see. Yes, she like she was going to get married. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's talking about that. Is like, he gonna be she my new daddy? information yeah. about that. Got it. it. She's saying you seem kind of chummy with him. Is this going somewhere real? Got it. Yeah, yes. and I assume Pazuzu was giving her some information or. Ah, uh, yeah. Not a great look for the dad in this movie, though. No. 
Couldn't even be bothered. He was like call, in Rome call, or something. Call her on his call her on her birthday. Oh yeah, that's right. He's just such a non-factor. I forgot that he even exists, but yes, he's somewhere. Not worried about Reagan at all. I guess just living off of his wife's awesome you know, movie paychecks. I'm not sure, but I assumed he was an actor as well because he was off in Rome, probably shooting a movie or something. Just gonna ask, have you guys seen any of the the sequels? Because there was. An Exorcist Two. I saw Exorcist Two, and it was probably okay. the most boring movie. I, I really? Ever. Is that the Paul Schrader one? Doesn't he direct one of them? I'm not familiar with who directed it. No. I've heard there's a. I think it's the third one. There's like a really good jump scare, but I have not. Oh yeah, the third seen. movie I hear is better. It's like in a, a hospital or something. I think. Anyways, neither none of us have seen that one, so. Uh, Paul Schrader's isn't until I think if I'm my quick googling is it's called Dominion prequel to The Exorcist and it came out in 2005. Oh, uh, so much later. So he would have done two or three. But yes, I've heard of all the sequels, three is the absolutely the only one that's really worth anything. And it sounds like the bits you saw of the remake were not worth it at all. But I mean, I I didn't see any of David Gordon Green's new Halloween movies. Did you see those either yeah, of you? See them all. High level. Were any of those any good? The first one's okay. Uh, it's too much like Easter egg bullshit where it's like, you know, all, all I'm doing is playing on the greatest hits of something someone else has already done. So just a bunch of references to, oh, you remember yeah. this from Halloween 1? Right. You remember this from Halloween 3? It's, like from... it's like the last Jedi of, of okay. uh, <laughs> horror movies. Okay, so the first one's okay, and then it sounds like that's as good as good. It's just okay. All right. Yeah, but it's, but I, the Exorcist Believer is the one that just came out. Um, it's it's really bad. It's just it's it goes so in such a weird direction, and then there's like this team up of like Exorcist people from different religions that get involved. It's it's like he the the parent the dad goes and like collects these people that have different powers from different religions. This is like the super best friends from South Park, if anybody knows it. That sounds sure. Hilarious. It's, South, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a Justice League parody in, in South Park where <laughs> all the deities combine their powers to fight yeah. something. I don't remember to fight what it was. A, yeah, that's basically what it is. It's really stupid. <laughs> there was a TV show as well. I think it came yep. out in 2016 or 2017. Yep. That has positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. I think the second season is 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, there's there's room for like an interesting story, you know, like exorcism of the week. I'm sure that's what it was. Like, go to different places, different demons. You could do something with that, right? Uh, sure. Uh, it seems tough. I mean, how like how would X, you make each X Files if, did it? I don't know. Yeah. But how would you make every exorcism seem different? What, what, how would they have different? Would you use different strategies for each exorcism? Like we need a we need to get a bow and arrow to shoot holy water because this is a I I, I mean well, I don't it's know just like any procedural like how do you make a you know how has SVU been on for thirty years you know I, I see I have no interest in SVU um so yeah some people really like the hey every episode's exactly the same and I don't care that it doesn't really differ much at all but if it's a hundred percent I mean somebody must like this stuff I don't know that that seems like a tough sell for me to make it interesting for like. 20 episodes, 20 different exercises. I think it was more, probably more of a family drama from the sound okay. of it. Okay. Not a demon of the week scenario. Not a, two guys are playing chess and they get a call. We need an exorcism. We're flying you out to 
San Jose, California. Yeah, you get a private plane. Maybe. I mean, a Catholic church has money. <laughs> uh, I mean, they got coffers and coffers. They've been taxing people for a really long time. And they don't pay any taxes, so. Right. And they're not broke. So, Eric, you, second time you've seen it all the way through. Better the second time? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely more rewarding as, as an older person with kids and seeing more of the metaphor of the whole movie. And I, I really like the slow. I mean, to me, it's like sort of like the 2001 of horror movies where, you know, if you had just like plugged in and started watching this movie, like I'm just sort of imagine back in the 70s and you're in the theater, you're 15 minutes in it and he's just like digging away at this site. And we'd be like, what the hell is happening here? Like, what, when are we getting to the demon? And, and but, it doesn't ever really explain anything. You just a kid runs up and he looks at some coin or whatever it is, and there's dogs fighting. Yeah. There's Pazuzu with a giant penis. And he's wiping <laughs> sweat off his head. And I didn't notice that. <laughs> well, now you size. make me feel weird for noticing. <laughs> Pretty good size on the on the demon. Uh, yeah, no, I I, uh, I I very very much enjoyed it. It's a five star movie for me. Okay. Five star mm-hmm. banger. I mean, there's no. I mean, it's five star. No, no. It's, there's not a single thing I can think that you'd want to change. It's it's a perfect movie. I don't, you know, not a frame out of place from my standpoint. What about you, Kevin? I agree. It it hit all the the buttons for me. I loved all the performances. They were all great. I'm surprised they didn't all win best actor for each category. Yeah. Um. The, you you had an amazing performance, Father Karras. And scene stealer, I mean Max von Sydow. He just he was like what? in three scenes in the whole movie, and he killed it. Like right, didn't yeah. he? Didn't he play like death in a famous yeah, movie? Yeah, he plays chess with death. Okay, all right. Yeah. In the Seventh Seal, the Swedish yeah. film with Ingmar he's, Bergman. He's not death though, right? No, he, he, no, he's a uh, just some knight. He's been fighting in the Crusades or something. I don't remember. And he's evading death. Yeah, and then he ends up. Yeah, distracting death at the end to, so that uh, I think some kids That's can escape. Probably from. why they had him in this, right? Because of that but history or no? Kevin's spot on. I mean, he has so few scenes. You remember him in more of the movie, and you're like, oh, he's he's actually really hardly in the movie, but he's just such a presence when he's there. You just remember the well, how a price compels you. Well, that, how a price compels you. One of the most famous shots in movie history is him getting out of the car and the, looking up at the house. You know, oh, yeah. The, yeah. The light shining through it. I mean, it's literally like one of the most famous scenes or shots in movie history. Yeah, it's the movie poster. Right, yeah. And the score. We didn't even talk about the score, but the score is so perfect that... It's not in the movie very much, too. That's the part that kind of blew my mind, too. This is less is more. I mean, this is not seeing the shark too much in Jaws. I mean, you don't need to overload stuff. You can balance it and you can pick your spots and that can work really well. And it just has such good lines. I mean, he shows up. And like, let me give you some history. And he's like, there, what's the point? No, like, I, I know it's this is she's possessed. Yeah. I, we're, yeah. I don't need anything else. I know. I just shut up. Let's go. You know what TV show I want to see of this movie is of that detective. I thought he was awesome too. Oh yeah, he's good. He, I mean, he's it's such a weird part because he, he's the one I can't quite put. Well, he's like he's like a movie lover. He's like, let's talk about movies. <laughs> and different movies are. It's like her her kid is like possessed by a demon. You want to chat about what movie she's in and get it? He, get her he autograph? wants her autograph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he wants to go to the movies with Father Karras. I mean, there's so many scenes in this movie where you're like, a, a lesser movie wouldn't have included these. Uh, but like, yeah, there's. I mean, 
I don't even know exactly what his relevance is in terms of like the metaphor of the movie, but uh, his scenes are also great. He's got charisma. Um, should should Father Karras and that detective have a podcast where they just talk movies? Like, will Father yeah. Karras from the grave? Or sure. Yeah, bring the demon to to bring Karras back to life and have a- and make some sort of deal. Like this podcast <laughs> yeah. would be so good, worth it. It's worth my soul. Uh, okay, it worked, no, that's worked fine. for Jesus. <laughs> came back. But Jesus made a deal with the Satan and to he come had, back. D- didn't Jesus have a podcast too? No, is that not part of it? I think I think one of his apostles did. Aaron Rodgers. No. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's like a it's a perfect movie. I I have no complaints. Except I was there. Like I was confused a bit on some of the plot stuff, and we talked it, about it. Right. Yeah. It does. I mean, it's not. It's not so interesting in some of those plot mechanics. I mean, they're there. There's some exposition, which I, I didn't really get all of it, but you elucidated us on them, Kevin, because he really wants to get to the themes and create room for these other sequences. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I mean, I don't know if it's the best horror movie of all time. It could be. That's fine. I mean, that's not a ridiculous opinion. I don't find that to be laughable or silly. I just don't know. There's a lot of great horror movies, um, but it's five out of five. It's it's perfect. I mean, you just, it just rides the line of like, taking subject matter seriously we're also thinking it's a little bit ridiculous like it just it just it hits this perfect thing it's not too much in demons are real and catholics yeah and it's not too much like it's also not anti-catholic really i mean for for a movie that you would think that could take because that's the thing about the david gordon green is that he like tries to be real careful to not like let's include other religions and we we want to be inclusive about how these exorcisms happen and you know, this movie's about it's about the Catholic Church, but it's not it's not like offensive to Catholics. I don't think it paints the priests aren't bumbling idiots and terrible people, you know? They're they're they they like to drink a little bit, but other than that, yeah, they come across looking just fine. But they're trying this regal. <laughs> they're trying to help, you know, I mean he he yeah. cares about what's happening. No, I mean one of the last shots is Reagan hugging not you know, the priest, not the one that helped with the exorcism, but the one that was at he the party. Like, she just kind of has a vague memory of, like, oh, I know it was priests that helped me, and she comes and gives him a big hug. I mean, no, it's great. It's very nice. And a chaste kiss on the cheek. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, No, you're right. It's it's before all the awfulness about the Catholic Church in the U.S. kind of blew up. You know, it's another one where, yeah, it'd be harder to not be aware of. Of all the bad stuff the Catholic Church has done, but yeah, it's it's very nice. But I, I would imagine Freakin's probably got some thoughts on the Catholic Church. Well, yeah, but the, yeah, but it's but it's that's what it's balanced. I mean, it's it, on one level, it's like it just it's the balance so so perfect because you could make it really silly and go over the top with all the visual effects and the insanity, and you could you know take it ridiculously, or you could take it very seriously. It's just like it's just right on the line, perfectly balanced. Like oh, this is kind of ridiculous. This is kind of serious. I don't know, just. It works. It's it's another movie that yeah. There's no there's just like there's never going to be a good, as good of a shark movie as Jaws. There's never going to be a possession movie as good as The Exorcist. I mean, it's just never going to happen. It wasn't the first movie to tackle this subject, right? Though there had to have been other demonic I possession movies. Doubt it. You don't think so? Okay. I mean, not I mean, or the, is the novel like kind of the the first you know popular. Well, this is culture. the early seventies. I mean, you think you have the Hayes Code up to the late sixties. I'm trying to think of how. You could, in a mainstream movie, show an exorcism in a way that would would have worked with the censors. I mean, it's possible. Some hardcore movie nut can correct me and say, "Hey, you know, this other these three movies tackle the exorcism uh, subject matter," but I just doubt it. I mean, this is the wild west of the '70s when the 
and directors were kind of just given the keys to the studio and like make make something we don't know what to do movies are making less and less money just get crazy so i don't know i think it was novel i think this was a, a new experience for some some folks i mean yeah that's why you, there's the slow burn on of finally introducing the subject of exorcists and stuff i i think i think it has to be the first one yeah, I mean, I think if you're like, if you were 15 when this movie came out, I mean, had you heard of an exorcism before? Maybe. I doubt it. I doubt. I think a lot of people came into this. What is an exorcism? I mean, obviously, we've had a bazillion exorcism movies since then, so it's not unique anymore. But I'd be surprised. Yeah, and we had this is such a cultural touch point. Everyone who thinks of an exorcism thinks of this movie and thinks of spitting pea soup out and and head spinning around. Yeah. Well, it was like a gigantic hit too, right? I mean, it made an insane amount of money for a horror movie that came out day after Christmas. Oh yeah. And I'm sure it upset a lot of people, which probably made people want to see it more. You can't see that movie. It's terrible. God will hate you if you see it. And then as a teenager, (laughs) like, Oh, I'm going to see it five times, you know? No, you know, it was a smash it. I'm just trying to imagine like, when you think of all the movies, and this is 73. I mean, we have The Godfather. The movies are starting to get more violent and intense. But when you compare it to, like, horror movies from 10 years before or 20 years before, I mean, her, like, saying all the horrible stuff and slamming a crucifix and just, like, I, it just, I feel like that would have been utterly shocking to the system in 1973. I think it would have just been very different than most anything you'd seen before. I mean, I don't know. Somebody who's older than me can tell me, but I, I, I'm imagining that was just totally novel, beginning to end. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen Terrifier, which is like the most insanely shocking thing, you visual things you could ever put in a movie. And this movie still kind of shocks me a little bit. It's still like, whoa, whoa. But I think it's because it it feels like this sort of family drama about a girl getting sick, and it you're sort of lulled into this, you know, so, yeah, it's it's a it's PG really up until all of a sudden she's saying like you cocks in hell. You're like, whoa, hold on, where is this coming from? You know what I mean? That an hour and a half into the movie, so I I think that's what it, it's it's sort of like designed that way to shock you. Oh yeah, I think so too. I, I agree. And terrifiers in that movie were just like a clown oh, that dude. kills people. Isn't that what it is? Just a yeah, a but in some of the most disgusting, disturbing ways that you right, could ever. At some point, imagine. you get numb to that. If that's all the movie is, you're I don't know. Maybe they're creative enough that they can keep you, you know, on your toes. Try, like, try it. Try watching it. It is. It is something. It's something to see. Have you seen Men? It came out a couple no, years. No, no, I haven't oh. seen that yet. That I know the premise. Um, That's last... Alex Garland, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. every man looks exactly the same. Am I thinking of the the setup yep. correctly? Yep. That's right. Yeah. But it's 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 creepy. It's eerie. It's got it's got a lot of the same vibes. Okay. Where it's 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 just unsettling instead of like outright terrifying. But then the last ten minutes are just so bonkers. I it. You wouldn't believe me if I tried to tell you. Okay. Well, maybe you would, but you know, it's. Sure. I don't want to ruin it for you. So, re- recommendation. <laughs> yes, recommendation. Okay. All right. So, freaking's kind of weird, right? He makes French Connection, Exorcist, and Sorcerer. Those are like back to back to back. Those are. And then that's quite a run. That's a pretty amazing run. Yeah. But then, like, to live and die in L.A., I like that movie. Yeah. 
That was probably his late stage best movie. Yeah, I mean, it's 10 years later. He doesn't really do a whole lot after that. Like, Blue Chips, I, I love that movie, but, you know, <laughs> it's a weird-ass movie. I forgot movie. he directed that. That's... I did not even know he directed Blue Chips. Yeah. Yep. Holy cow. I mean, Cruisin' is a movie. I mean, I think sometimes he made stuff that, like, actually just pissed people I've off. I've never like, seen that. I've never seen that. I haven't ever seen it, but, it, I mean, it sounds like a movie that just really upset everybody. And is so that a movie about a killer or something? What, um, I think yeah. Al Pacino is a cop that goes undercover. Undercover in, like, a, the gay underworld of uh, some city, like New York or something like that. Oh, I'm surprised you haven't seen that. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? No. I don't know if that was I was is because it was the the gay thing. I don't know. No, I, it sounds great. I think for a long time it was hard to watch. I don't think it was available. A lot of his much. movies are like to live live and die in L.A. I think I like streamed it off some website. Like you Uh-oh. can't you can't find it. It's not you can't even rent it. Yeah, which is weird. That. I mean, Friedkin is such a famous director. You would think his oeuvre would be readily available to watch. There's probably some licensing issue. Yeah, and I mean, but then you think of Killer Joe. I mean, we talked about that yeah, one. I mean, that, that movie is bonkers. Have you seen that, Kevin? No, I have not. It's, it's. I mean, it's not boring. And, um, and I did watch his last movie. Uh, it came out last year, 2023, The Kane Mutiny Trial with oh. Kiefer Sutherland. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Like uh, the like people who rebelled on the ship a long time ago. It's But it's a mock a modern telling of it as if okay. it happened on like a, you know, aircraft carrier or something like that. Sure. Okay. I got and, you. Uh, it, but it's just the trial. It's just the military trial of what happened. And it, it like starts opening statements and you're never out of the courtroom. The whole movie takes place between expert testimony, witnesses, cross-examination, and then closing statements like that's you don't see what happens. It's just them testifying. It's it's weird. I've never seen like a trial movie, but I mean it's it's compelling in a way where like you wouldn't expect it to be. But yeah, that, sounds, that came that out that came out like August, and then he died like a month later or something like that. Wow. Okay. See, I'm I'm glad to know that that existed because I I didn't know that it existed. And that then uh, uh, what's the guy the guy from John Wick who also died? It was his last his last movie. Oh, the concierge guy. Yeah, yeah that works the front yeah. desk. Mr. Yep, Wick, your room he's is the ready. judge. Yep, got yep, it. That okay, guy. Lance Riddick or something. Um, Lance Riddick. That's yeah, exactly. There you yeah, go. He's, he's in the wire. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, speaking of movies, Kevin, this is your first pod. We Eric and I set up Exorcist quite a while ago. You're picking the next movie. I am picking the next movie. Yes. Uh, I do have some trivia for you guys. I'm asking you about this movie, though. You guys ready for that? All right. So this was the first horror movie to be nominated for Best Picture in 1974. Do you guys know what won Best Picture? Oh, Godfather Part Two. Well, no, if it's 73, then it would have been The Sting, right? That's right. The Sting. Good job. And... Do you know what movie was the highest box office receipts for 1973 release? Was it The Exorcist? It was. Okay. That's right. And The Sting was the second. And do you know what horror movie adjusted for inflation finally beat the overall total of The Exorcist? It, the It remake. That's right. 
Wow. Yeah, it took a long time. And Ellen Burstyn, she was obviously perfect for this role. Right. But do you know, uh, name one of the three actresses that the studio wanted before her. Jeez, oh, who would be a... She's also in the David Gordon Green remake for a yeah, minute. I think her said, like, she, like, took the money she got for being in the movie and, like, made a scholarship with it. Oh. Like, uh, like, <laughs> so something good came out of the Exorcist remake. She gets sta- stabbed in the eyeballs. Oh, oh my geez. God. Spoiler. Well, she didn't deserve that. Yeah, that's no, what that's I thought. Okay. That's, come on. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of who, who would have been the big-time actors... Uh, that could have hit the role, and I I don't even know. I, I she, have Shelly Shelly Duvall Shelly Di- Duvall. No. Diane no. Lane or not Diane Keaton? I mean Diane Keaton. No, the three were Audrey Hepburn. Oh which wow. Would have made it a very different movie. And Bancroft and oh. Jane Fonda. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, she played a Jane Fonda type. Like if you you remember, do you know guys know what the name of the movie she was making in this? No, and I was trying to figure, so it was, like, on a college campus. Yes. Right, and there was, like, a protest, and was she, like, the administrator or something? I was trying to figure out what her role was supposed to be in the movie. She called it a a Disney-fied Ho Chi Minh movie or something like that. Yeah, I think she was on this. She ended up siding with Vietnam War protesters or something, like, they were protesting on campus. She's like, these kids are right. How dare you go to the war, Mr. Vietnam, a supporter. Well, I thought didn't I thought when I did the trivia for this, was it like Stephen King that said he thought this movie was like about Watergate or something like that? Do I have that right? <laughs> well, he this, thought the, he thought the this Exorcist happen, was about Watergate. This does happen like concurrently with Watergate. Yeah. So I don't know if that's technically could be true. I don't even get the metaphor. My brain can't. I don't even either. Yeah. At all, how that metaphor works. Well, it's in DC, I guess. Uh, sure. <laughs> But who are the people that broke in? Who did the breaking well, in for? Nixon, right? Nixon is Pazuzu. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> okay. You got Scooter Libby. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's starting to fall Libby. apart. It's starting to fall apart a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't work. He's the priest. No wait. Uh, is is Reagan the the records? I that they're Reagan stealing is wrong the recording. Reagan, oh. <laughs> Okay. JFK was killed, and he possessed, I don't know, yeah. This doesn't make sense to me. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Next question. We referenced this a little bit before, but what was the age of Max von Sydow when this movie was filmed? His actual age? (laughs) His actual age. I bet he was like 38. (laughs) I'm going to say 46. Very close, both of you, 44. No fucking way. So he played he played like an eighty five year old for the next forty five years. Three years old. <laughs> oh my god, that's blowing my mind right now. Honestly, I I need to like go lay down. I can't handle that. That's wow. great. Hey, well, great acting. Honestly, like unbelievable. Because I, I I was think honestly because I know him from Dr- Judge Dredd. That's I know that's sad, but that's how I know who that guy. That Minority Report, right? Isn't he the big bad guy? Yeah, but I oh, definitely yeah, saw right. I definitely saw Judge Dredd first. Sure. But yeah, he's like an old he's like a really old guy then, and I'm like, how is he still that old? I don't understand. I was so shocked, but it makes sense that he wasn't really that old. 
Yeah, he's been playing 70 for like a long time, like since the 70s. Basically. Is this like yeah. Morgan Freeman? Has Morgan Freeman ever been a young yeah. man? It's the Angela Lansbury effect where you just yeah. play old for your old career. Or right. you play the monster in Aquaman. Wasn't, didn't she do the voice? That's of... Julie Andrews, wasn't it? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah that might have been Julie Andrews. There, who's the Kraken or whatever? <laughs> yep, there you go. Had that mixed up. Well, I'm sure she got a she got a ton of money to to show up one afternoon and record eight lines. Um, so good for her. You know, good no, I think she had to do the mocap. She was in the. Oh, was she? Yeah, doing the yeah. mocap for the Kraken. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So this movie was wildly popular. Obviously, number one movie in the box office for that year. And uh, we referenced the name of the demon Pazuzu. What what product tried to capitalize on the the popularity of this movie by naming naming its product Pazuzu? What product came out after this movie named Pazuzu? I'm still trying. To, I'm still unclear where that name comes from. Like, I mean, it's in the book. It's got to be in the yeah, book. Yeah, it's just made up name from the book. Uh, was, was it a cap- car? Was it a car? Yes, it was a car. That's right. The Toyota Pazuzu. It's a Toyota? Wow. It was not very popular, surprisingly. I, I feel like you're, you, this is, I, I, didn't, I don't believe that that's correct. I, I just can't believe they named a car Pazuzu. That doesn't seem real. It is pretty mind-blowing that they went there. But Are they still on the market? Are they a collector's item now? Like, would I have to chuck out a couple hundred grand to get a... Would anybody want a demon car? Does well, it guess... have on the hood? Does it have that little? <laughs> yeah, a crucifix on the hood instead of like yeah. the the car symbol. No, the little uh, little figurine guy. Yeah. yeah, figurine. Yeah, that would be brilliant. What a tie-in! I should get that for my like a little paperweight on my desk. <laughs> I was, I was going to guess the dildo. I thought it was going to go really dark. It's like oh, okay. Wow. Oh wow. Pazuzu. You Jeez. know, probably, you could probably find that. Alright, so good job, guys. You got most of the questions. I am picking the next movie and that movie... Wait, so you don't have trivia for the I movie I do have trivia. Oh, that okay. Movie... Alright, more trivia. Okay, yeah, the, let's do the it. The production of it, the production of that movie was delayed by 9-11. Okay. So they couldn't make the movie because of the 9-11. Okay. It finally came out in 2015. Whoa. Okay. And it was the 21st highest grossing film of that year. Won six Academy Awards and has a 97% Rotten Tomato score. So it was delayed delayed 14 years? That's correct. Did I hear that right? Okay. Yeah. Came out hmm. in 2015. Did well at the Academy Awards. So it can't be a Christopher Nolan movie. Oh... Just wait till you, don't think, you don't think oh. Oppenheimer is going to win everything? Oh, everything. Oppenheimer is going to, well, yeah, I think Oppenheimer is probably going to sleep. I, I've said this uh, since this summer. And would I you take a, take a bet on that? It would no, be- I, actually, I probably wouldn't. I, I, th- I think there's a real good chance that Oppenheimer wins. This is this is not... Uh, yeah, I mean, he, Nolan's seen as overdue. I, I can't imagine it doesn't win. And it's not some war movie. It's not a World War II like, movie. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Wait, it wasn't a World War II movie? Not really. It's about the building of the bomb, but it's not a war movie, I would say. We're not, we don't yeah. see any okay. military conflict. It doesn't glamorize fighting, retreating, military service. And it questions the building of the bomb, at least a little bit. But anyway, getting off track. 2015. 
delayed because of 9 11. It won six Academy Awards. It won, it was nominated for 10, won six. Nominated for 10 and won six. That's a lot. Yeah, the That's most. That's a lot of, of Academy Awards. Did it win Best Picture? No, it did not. 2015. Trying to go through the years, it's like 2012 was Argo, 2013 was Birdman. Yeah, it didn't win Best Picture though. No, no, I'm just trying to get myself a framework for the year, and I just can't. Is that like Gravity? Gravity's earlier, I think. Is it? And why would 9/11 delay Gravity? I don't know. I'm trying to think because Sandra Bullock was very impacted by 9/11. I don't know. Well, I'm trying to think. I'll the reason, the reason why 9-11 delayed the making of the movie is the U.S. dollar sank so low compared to the Australian dollar that the making of the movie was no longer profitable. Australian dollar. Oh, Mad Max Fury Road? That's correct. Duh, why did I not think uh, about it? I'm an idiot. I'm annoyed with myself. Okay. Uh, Oh, yeah! Excellent. Good job, Eric. Fantastic. All right. Yeah, so he wanted to make the movie back... George Miller, George right? Miller, thank you. He wanted to make the movie with uh, with different actors back then and had to scrap it and went totally different direction. This post-Mel Gibson tirade, he couldn't use them anymore. Oh, yeah, right. That makes sense. I, the 9-11 thing threw me off because I was thinking of some prestige picture um, like about something in New York and like, well, yeah, that's where... I, I also did not think it won six, but I suppose all the all the, like, technical awards and stuff, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and, that movie... and then got a trailer for uh, a prequel to this, right? That's right, Furiosa. Furiosa. Sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. That movie is... One of the top action movies that I can think of. So oh, it's, it's my favorite from the 21st century, not to spoil it or anything, but I think it's pretty Still? incredible. Of the like, 21st century, it's probably, yeah. yeah, I don't, I, I, yeah, I mean, there's a lot that I love a lot, but I think if I pick one movie that's my favorite action movie that came out in the 21st century, I would pick Mad Max Fury Red, I think. Oh, action movie or just movie movie? Action, action movie. Oh. I don't know, movie movie. Say, have, you, have you seen Oppenheimer? God, Christopher <laughs> Nolan is overrated, dude. Overrated, bro. Um, Great. Well, excellent. I see that your heads are back. spinning around. Is that that means you guys are done for the evening? I'm excited. No, we're back. Getting in the swing of things. You know, been on hiatus for a while. Back to uh, weekly movie chats. I'm excited. Very I'm excited. Happy to be here. I had a lot of fun. This is going to be a really great journey. Go drink some holy water. Call it a night. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening.